Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. All right, today we're looking at uh, the book of John, chapter 19. I'm going to begin reading at verse 31. Now, what has happened is that Jesus is on the cross. He has said the words, it is finished, implying that he had finished the work that the Father had, uh, had given him to do in dying for the sins of the world. Uh, and we pick it up in John 19, verse 31, where the Bible says, The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath day was an high day, uh, be, they besought Pilate that the legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So what's going on here is that uh, the Jews, uh, they want the bodies of, these three men, Jesus and uh, the two uh, thieves uh, that die with him, they want those bodies taken off those crosses uh, because the high day or holy day will soon take place. And uh, they want that done before the sun goes down. And uh, so the Bible says, Then came the soldiers and break the legs of the of the first, verse 32, and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forth, uh, forthwith came there out blood and water. Now, uh, the day of Jesus' crucifixion occurred on the same day as preparation day for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. It was called a high day. It was ne not necessarily on a Saturday, but it was called a Sabbath day because it was a high day. And as I said, the Jewish leadership didn't want, they didn't want any dead body left uh, there on their high and holy day. So they asked Pilate to, uh, to take the bodies down and bury them as soon as possible. Uh, as I said, before the sun went down. Now I'm going to read something from Dr. David Swordson's, uh, commentary on the book of John uh, concerning the Lord Jesus Christ and the crucifixion uh, that the Romans performed. He writes, the duration of a typical Roman crucifixion could last anywhere from 36 to 72 hours as the victim slowly expired of exhaustion, exposure, dehydration, uh, tetanus, and other complications of his injuries. It truly was a dying a thousand deaths. Part of the planned suffering was for the executioners to lift up the cross with the victim nailed upon it in such a way that it fell sharply into its hole. The shock of the weighted uh, cross suddenly stopping in its hole caused the major bones of the victim to pop out of joint. Usually both shoulder joints were dislocated as the cross was dropped into the hole. This caused the diaphragm muscle, which controls breathing, to no longer normally function. The victim could breathe only by pushing against his legs and lifting himself against his punctured feet. Imagine that. 
There was pain inflicted thereby with every breath. An easy way to finish off a victim of crucifixion was to break the leg bones of his uh, shins. He could no longer breathe, and death by suffocation would only be minutes away. The Jews were well aware of this, and therefore asked Pilate to have the legs of the three victims broken, which would uh, end their their lives. And uh, now, the Bible says that, uh, let's go back to, to verse 30, uh, 33, but when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. Now, first of all, notice they did not break Jesus' legs. Now, that's a fulfillment. That was a fulfillment of Psalm 34, verse 20, where it says uh, a messianic prophecy that that not one bone in him would be uh, would be broken. And then the Bible says uh, the Roman soldier took the spear and, and stuck it up uh, under his rib, and out came blood and water. Uh, now, uh, the those that um, that study this sort of thing, doctors and and uh, uh, people who are involved in uh, forensic uh, medicine, uh, believe that Jesus died of a ruptured heart. Uh, of course, that could have also been a fulfillment of prophecy because Jesus said in Psalm 69, 20, uh, reproach hath broken my heart. Uh, but uh, doctors say that great stress can cause the heart to rupture. Uh, and there's something called the uh, pericardium, which is a, a sac uh, that is about the heart that has a normally has water in it water watery like fluid uh and it surrounds the heart and uh, uh it would have become uh, filled with uh blood as well so blood and water was in this uh, pericardium uh, that the spear punctured and out came the blood and and, and water uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ, but not a bone in him was broken. And then verse 35, and he that saw it bear record, and his record is true. And, and he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. I've already mentioned that. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look upon him whom they pierced. That is from Zechariah chapter 12 and verse 10. Uh, Speaking of the remnant of Jews that will survive the tribulation period, when Christ comes again, they will look upon him whom they, Israel, uh, is, uh, is uh, responsible for uh, turning over to the Romans to crucify. So you say, well, who killed Jesus? The Romans are, are, did the Jews, the religious leaders. Well, uh, again, both are responsible. Actually, we're all responsible. Our sins put him on the cross. And uh, now you've also got to remember that Jesus allowed himself to be crucified and allowed himself to be murdered. Remember, he said, uh, no man taketh my life from me. I have the power uh, to lay down my life and I have the power to take it up again. So Jesus voluntarily gave up his life. 
Had he not wanted to, uh, it would have been impossible for him to die. But he willingly gave up his life, laid down his life, so that he could, he who knew no sin could become sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, verse 38. And after this, after they had uh, done these things, broken the legs of the two thieves and, and uh, then uh, punctured uh, Jesus' uh, pericardium to make sure he was dead, and after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate or begged Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. Pilate gave him permission. He came, therefore, Joseph of Arimathea did. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. Watch this. And there came also Nicodemus. Remember him? which at the first came to Jesus by night. That was in John chapter 3. So here's Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. They, they, uh, they brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Uh, now, this would have cost a lot of money. Uh, probably Joseph of Arimathea, who was a wealthy man, and Nicodemus may have been as well, uh, purchased uh, these spices, it says about a hundred pound weight. Then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with the spices as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now, the Jews did not practice what the Egyptians did as far as embalming was concerned. So what they did was they, they covered the body with all these spices so that it would deaden uh, the smell. It would, would keep down the smell of the decomposing body and, uh, of course, Jesus' body did not decompose, but uh, they thought at that time that it would. And so these two secret disciples, uh, well, they, they may have been secret before, but now then they're boldly coming to ask for the body of Jesus to put the spices on it. And what they did was the custom, they would, uh, they would put the spices on the body and then they would wrap it in linen strips of cloth. Not a shroud, but a linen strips of cloth. The spices, as I said, would mask the odor of death. And uh, so uh, uh, then they uh, would take the body and put it, uh, well, let's, let's just read verse 41. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, wherein was never a man laid. There laid they Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Now, this uh, sepulcher was a uh, probably a cave or had been cut out of, of stone, a place to bury someone, and... Uh, this was a fulfillment of Isaiah 53 and verse 9, uh, where it talked about he would make his grave with the rich. This was the gravesite of Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man. And so that's where Jesus, that's where his body uh, was laid uh, and uh, in this rock-hewn tomb that belonged to uh, this wealthy man, Joseph of Arimathea. And so ends chapter 19, uh, a very sad uh, passage of Scripture. Uh, 
but a passage of scripture that is also glorious in the fact that we know that Jesus laid down his life so that we could have eternal life. And uh, uh, we ought to all thank him and worship him for doing that, because without that, we would have no hope. Okay, that ends chapter 19. We'll look at John chapter 20 in our next session. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at Hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Thank you for listening.